Hey guys, you're listening to the Pod Must Not Be Named. I am your host Sammy with my co-host Maddie. Hi Maddie. Hello. This is a podcast where we talk about things that we find interesting, things that we like and things that we don't like so much. So Sammy, I believe that you have something exciting to share with us today. Yes, we have a guest, Tavish, who also is a podcaster and who has a podcast on history. And so hi Tavish. Uh hello my name is uh, Tabish I'm Pakistani American born in America uh and my podcast is called The Battles of History you can find it on uh, Anchor Spotify uh Google Podcasts uh, iTunes and the the gist of my podcast is battles throughout history starting 1914 all the way to present day Wow that's yeah. great so uh it was uh, you know like we are really excited to have him because uh, you know one of these days uh, i read a news uh, especially in the us with uh, you know uh, all this uh, black lives matter movement and uh, uh, you know it's a lot of questions being asked about uh, their history and uh, their legacy uh people are talking about uh, you know vandalizing or bringing down uh, george washington statue because he was a slave owner so that prompted me to think what are these historical icons in a way right uh, who might seem great on history book but are very complex in nature they are not white or black as characters but they are very gray uh, shouldn't we be examining them and uh, like this uh, would leave us a bit more educated on how people can be complex and achieve great things at the same time wouldn't you agree tavish uh yeah uh, history is is not something that's defined only by book pencil and pen and paper it's it's very complicated you know we look we look at these individuals george washington abraham lincoln all of these historical people and it's it's either good or bad and many of them are just products of their time you know george washington he was born and oh, lived in a time where slavery was everywhere taught to to rich white men and women that slavery was okay and now in the perception of 2020 we understand that's not okay but when you go back to 1700s america you ask them the questions like what's your opinion on women's votes or slavery and you understand that they have a a totally different view of the world so so what you say about uh history not being you know these people not being black and white but gray i i totally agree with that Yes of course and these opinions are not just limited to the west wherein uh, the dual opinions that people have and they uh, the uh, the ability to ask questions uh, to the authorities and uh, question the uh, legacy that your forefathers or forefathers in the west have established they they have the ability to uh, question these legacies and uh, to question uh the kind of people they were in their professional lives or in their personal lives but as we uh, look in india for example we have our forefathers we have our father of the nation mahatma gandhi who is uh, globally known for the non violent movement that he led 
uh, towards the freedom struggle and on the record very less people or in fact i haven't heard anyone question the legacy that he has established in spite of a lot of historians claiming a lot about his personal life for example uh, there are some historians who have written books about him claiming that he used to beat his wife and children and he were, he in some ways uh, held the responsibility in making the indian politics very feudal one of the biggest national parties uh, of india uh, uh, is a very dynasty based party and people of the record hold mahatma gandhi responsible for it but nobody uh, on the record can uh, question the uh, father of the nation and therefore in india if i uh, look at in a certain way what we lack is the point of view or the opinion that people can uh, bring on the table and therefore what uh, this episode brings uh, in a different light is us belonging to very different uh, ethnicities and uh, both all three of us coming from very different communities so i really wanted to know how do uh, you question your father of the nation and are there such claims just like we have about mahatma gandhi there are some opinions that we cannot say out uh, uh, say out loud but we believe in them so are there such opinions about mohammed jinnah too good question so you know i've been researching uh for a past couple days on forefathers of both of our countries many of many of what both of them did was outstanding work uh, we can all agree you know the the creation of two countries the 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 nonviolence movements there are as you say some questions that that are still uh being questioned there are some motives with with jinnah what i found is that some look at his religion is he sunni is he shiite some that's that's uh something that some have asked about jinnah is uh is his legacy his his religion who was he uh he was a lawyer he was from britain what what kind of opinions did he have on other people what I, what i've been reading is mostly uh you know people people see him as somebody who accomplished something which is by far true for both uh but what i've also been reading is that there's some background to both of them that that have blurred their visions uh if you understand that you know some people look into jinnah's uh again religion is he shia is he sunni you know when he passed away what was he in 1901 some people believe that uh he went to to a court and declared that he was sunni he had changed uh to sunni some people believe that's not true that you know he he kept being shia so i think a big a big question was his religion i think that's been answered i believe you know the the fact that he he went to court and i believe 1901 he stated that he was sunni that's that's one of the big uh controversies i could find on jinnah there isn't very many controversies on jinnah seeing that he was what would be the backseat of of the movement you know he gandhi was more of the the person we view as creating the nations so 
when when you look up you know controversies for both people you you seem to find that there's more on Gandhi than there is on Jinnah because Jinnah isn't widely known in the West and is widely researched if that if that answers your question yeah yeah so uh, again i mean uh, we are asking these questions primarily also because uh, you know we have a unique opportunity here uh, i think that uh, you being uh, you know born and brought up in us but also within that pakistani culture you know it invites a level of dialogue that is not you know it's it's not afforded to a lot of indians and uh, you know i i genuinely wanted to know this uh, if if how do you guys view uh, mahatma gandhi apart from uh, him winning uh, independence uh, for all of us uh, like how, how do you uh, as pakistanis how uh, do you guys measure uh, his contribution towards the creating of the nations and uh, the discussions that led up to the partition so uh, mm-hmm. how do you guys talk about it so another good question thank you for that uh with gandhi it's it's seen as this you know he was very influential in in the decision to create pakistan you know jinnah and gandhi both both very great people when it comes to the idea of creating you know seeing the the impacts the british had on our countries both respectively and so what i feel as what we as pakistanis see is more of this you know he was he was a person who did something for both pakistan and india he was a person that uh helped create the foundation of our country and without him yeah without him our countries wouldn't be existing as they are today whether that be negatively or positively our our nations wouldn't be the same you know without him the the independence movement might have taken longer if not would have not happened the same way as it did now so that is a that is a great viewpoint question you know what what do pakistanis feel that gandhi has put on the table i feel like he's he's put a he's put a good amount of meal on the table for us to eat all yeah. right so uh, yeah moving on from uh, that uh, of course like uh, there's a reason why jinnah's uh, religious afflictions were also uh, such a controversial topic because uh, our nations were divided on the basis of religion right it it only makes sense that uh, the one thing that actually divides us should be co- called into question when the father of nation is concerned uh the the idea that the british also had uh was was based on on a more secular country and a more you know religious islamic country and we we see that the part of jinnah and religion wasn't very controversial from what i've read it was more on the basis of uh was he was he sunni was he shiite and and we know that or at least from my gathering many many people from what i've seen say he is sunni but but i agree there there is there is that point uh so again i mean c- coming back to uh, you know what uh, the matter at hand is uh, i i would like to open this 
question up for uh, both of you because of course we understand that uh, both jena uh, and jawaharlal nehru and of course uh, mahatma gandhi were very important in you know making this nation by questioning their affluences or you know by questioning what they were uh, you know doing at that point in their lives uh, or probably like a couple of decades before that Uh, should that tarnish their image of uh, what they have gone on to do to uh, the respective nations and uh, you know this brings me back to uh, harry potter again i mean it's been one of my uh, favorite fiction uh, as a child and uh, when i read deathly hallows uh, it had uh, ha- you know life and lies of dumbledore was a book that was uh, published after his death uh, which called into question a lot of uh, things that he might have done that he might have regretted in his earlier life you know that does that make him a bad person that does that not make him a great person so in that vein do you guys have any uh, people that have personally influenced you or personally touched you but you also concede that uh, they might be more complex than what uh, history textbooks are uh, you know popular news articles might suggest so with what you're saying so people in history that have affected me on a personal level that may not be who they are necessarily i look at you know franklin delano roosevelt he was a very uh, courageous man in in economics policies you know the the new deal his is leading up to ending the depression but when we look at him he wasn't this only perfect president he had his flaws uh he you know again stopping him immigra- uh, world war 2 was was right around his time 1939 to 1945 you know the the horrors of war from the germans and the italians and the nazis and so a big thing fdr is controversial in is his uh acceptance of what's going on you know that that Adolf Hitler and Mussolini were very i wouldn't say very big fans but they they were fans of FDR's ideas and FDR personally actually did like Mussolini and uh there is i believe evidence to the fact that FDR agreed with Mussolini on on some terms and the 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 holocaust was going on and jewish immigrants tried to come to america and uh, it said fdr declined and fdr knew of the holocaust happening but did nothing until he actually got into the war now uh, another person when, uh, the fascism was also uh, on the up right uh, in the united states as well yeah 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 fascism was was very rampant in both uh, britain in America and many other places Canada I would assume it was this need for political votes you know he was a politician after all he he needed to win votes to win the elections so there was there was a big fascist movement in America there was a big fascist movement in Great Britain and so uh I like that you you point that out that it wasn't just a european thing it was also a homegrown thing the the american fascist party the canadian fascist party the the british fascist party you know so so i like how you bring that up 
Yeah, and as for me, like you asked about uh, being able to criticize the uh, the people who have this image of being the forefathers of a nation. And uh, as Tavish mentioned about the West, and if I take it uh, to the angle and to the history of the East, especially of the Southeast Asia, be having a dual say or having the ability to question the legacy of uh, the leaders that we tend to worship does not take away the good that they brought to their respective countries. For example, yes, I agree Mahatma Gandhi had his own flaws, but that does not take away the fact that he actually brought independence through a non-violent movement. And on the other side, Jinnah, uh, he helped people of a certain religion. Like he had already, you know, foreseen the communal differences uh, of Southeast Asia and he had advocated uh, uh, the creation of an entire country for a community and make it a safe place for them. So these are something that, uh, you know, you, you cannot debate on these facts that they actually have done and contributed a lot towards the entire subcontinent. And even after that, if you look at uh, the creation of East Pakistan and West Pakistan, even that was separated on the basis of language majorly. And today, if you look at Bangladesh, yeah, it is progressing in its uh, own field. So yes, I agree that you should have the ability and the freedom to question uh, your forefathers. But again, remember that it does not take away the good that they have brought and in the ways that they have contributed towards the progress that you are seeing in your countries today. That, that was a very excellent point. I, the, the wording was very, very good. I, I wanted to, to add on to it by agreeing with you. I also wanted to add on by saying you are correct. A person's personal life, people are people. They have flaws. We, we are not perfect people, some being less perfect than others. But, but in the case of, you know, Jinnah and Gandhi, they, they did things that many others cannot do. And we all agree with that, I would suppose, that, that these two people did, did something that no man or woman could do, is to create two nations that, that will dominate Southeast Asian politics and culture for the years to come. There's a, there's a quote, a few individuals significantly after the course of history alter the course of history. Fewer still modify the map of the world. Hardly anyone can be credited with creating a nation state. Muhammad Ali Jannah did all three. And, and that quote can be used with uh, Gandhi as well. You know, you look at, at people and you see they did personally bad things, but that doesn't take away from the great that they did. That's not to say that you should look upon to, to Adolf Hitler as this, you know, great man. He created the highway system, Volkswagen, you know, he did all this good stuff. That means he's great. No, what he did was immensely bad. And we, we all agree that what he did to, to civilians and to the Jewish population, to other countries was not okay. That isn't the same as Gandhi and Jinnah they weren't these evil people with one or two good things that they did. They were, they had their flaws, minor or significant, but they did something that, in my opinion, no other person could have done. 
as great as they did yeah ec- excellent point uh, again i mean uh, like i couldn't agree more uh, but uh, i would also you know point out that a lot of people uh, are of a belief system that uh, father of a nation is sort of like their national flag it's a symbol more than a person right uh, and i would also you know extend the same question to both of you again uh, after the fact uh, that uh, you know it's been about 7 uh, uh, decades uh, since uh, we have uh, received uh, got an independence or uh, you know so how uh, does it matter uh, that we question the legacy of essentially these symbols right now right uh, these people have uh, become legends now and uh, these people mean to uh, pe- people living in india and pakistan more than what they were as human beings they have transcended that so some people might argue that you know digging up the digging up shit from their past is actually uh, pretty harmful to their legacy of what good they have perpetrated and uh, you know what uh, symbol that uh, they st- stand for even today so how would you argue about that uh, whether should historians question their uh, lives morality and uh, or should they be left as symbols as they are uh so that was a that was a good question you see the thing is uh again from from previously what i said they are people they have their flaws the historians aren't trying to to make them look like the bogeyman the the worst human in all of history the 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 destroyers of of piousness no not at all there are humans and everyone agrees humans have flaws the the thing with trying to see criticism in somebody isn't to bring them down no it's to show us that they are also human they are like us we personally have done things that many others would look and say why did you do that what did you do and another thing is by criticizing these minor minor things we're open to be able to criticize anything you know we're open we're opening our eyes we're opening our brains to to see that not everything is as perfect as as you know a fairy tale not this this is real life after all we don't have perfection there are bad things that happen with the symbolicness of these two people i i agree they are symbols that's okay they are great people for both of our nations they did great but to say that you can't go and look at gandhi's past and say oh look he's perfect that's not correct historically or or human wise no but to say you can't do that is wrong because again we're not trying to tarnish the reputation we i myself i'm saying the these people are great people we what we're trying to do here is start to open people's minds to take in information they may not personally like to not only look at things that they want to see or they want to agree with but to see history as something of not a straight line but rugged erased removed uh not this perfect symmetrical ruler edged line but this scribbling on a piece of paper 
uh, that point was was very much needed in this conversation to to tell people who are listening who might become upset that we're not trying to tarnish the reputation. You might want to believe that we are, but we aren't. And we're just trying to, to tell people how, you know, they are humans. They can still be symbols of our great nations, but to say you cannot see them and, you know, question whether this was correct or not. And the end, at the end of the day, you might not agree. I might not agree, but we are opening up a new chapter in other people's lives. Yeah, and that, that's perfectly put. In fact, the, and another point that I, I would like to add is that once you stop people from asking questions, there is no end to it. Uh, for, for example, if you start with the fact that you cannot question your forefather, and then the authorities might ask you to not question the current president or the prime minister. So once you start closing the options for people to ask questions, uh, they can extend that uh, area to themselves and there might be a point wherein you won't be able to question the authorities themselves. So it is very necessary to question uh, your history and to question anything that the society or uh, your nation blindly worships. For example, if you look at America, even their forefathers owned slaves and uh, that does not mean that they were, they were bad people. That only means that, yes, you have come to a stage and you have evolved uh, as a society to a state where you can question things that the people have been worshipping for so many years. Yeah, uh, couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, again, uh, I am of the opinion that uh, history should be a reflection of how uh, our people have been. Right, uh, and it should uh, contain the glory as well as the mistakes that we have committed. One of the great reasons why Germany is such a thriving nation right now uh, is because they admitted what they did wrong with uh, Hitler or with, uh, you know, in the, in the First World War, their involvement, right? And uh, right now, they have accepted it and moved past it and have done everything in their will to do it right. Right. And uh, whereas if, if we uh, stop doing that, uh, as Sammy mentioned, it's essentially propaganda where uh, we are believed and we are asked to love our nations uh, no matter what. And uh, yeah, that's that's a slippery slope. And yeah, that's exactly uh, what fascism leads to. Right. So on that note, like, let's open up the table. So uh, Tabish. Uh, do you have any interesting tidbits about uh, American leaders or American icons that uh, you might uh, share with us today? Okay, thank you for that. A major, a major thing currently in America that some people are going back to is the American Civil War. You know, the the Confederates versus the Union, the 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 cause, why it happened, why didn't it stop, who who is to blame for this. And you see, you see on different sides, you see different opinions. You see one side claiming the, the Confederates were only trying to fight for states' rights or were fighting for states' rights because the evil union invaded them first. And you see unions supporters saying, certain ones saying, you know, the, the union never did anything bad. And both, both are incorrect, you know. Uh, people bring up Abraham Lincoln as this, you know, racist, uh, this, 
this person who's uh, who said, if uh, if I could save the union without freeing any slaves, I would. And people bring that up, be like, hey, look, see, he didn't want to free the slaves. That's incorrect. His speech ended with, but I still believe that freeing the slaves is something that's good. You know, he questioned whether the the owning slaves was okay. He uh, he did many many things for slaves that was considered good. You know, Abraham Lincoln was was of a time when abolitionism wasn't as big as a, uh, of a deal in the Union and in the Confederacy. He was in a time of white supremacy in the North. You know, the idea that we shouldn't end slavery but contain it, uh, and so. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, when making speeches, he was trying to get the vote. You know, he didn't want people to think, you know, he he's this freer of slaves because he realized I wouldn't win any election in the United States of America at the time, N- not even from local elections. If if that spilled out about me, so his wording was to save himself from not winning the election, so he could you know, create the Emancipation Proclamation, so he could free slaves, uh, so he could end the Civil War. And that goes for many, many other people. There are bad and there are goods. And I'm not saying somebody is great. Slave owning is definitely not great. George Washington owning slaves, definitely not great. And we should focus on the good people did, but also the bad they did, to criticize both the good and the bad, the the and not only look at one or the other. Yeah, and uh, you know, going ahead that I recently learned about uh, the criticism of uh, Christopher Columbus, who is famously known as the founder or the the person who discovered the uh, the United States. It's so surprising that until last year, I did not know that he, he is not a celebrated personality in the West because uh, we have always been taught about uh, the uh, great sailor that he was and how he discovered the United St- States. And uh, there's, an, there's an entire holiday uh, on, on his name in the United St- States. So I, I really wanted to know, uh, you know, what kind, of the, what kind of a dual say or the debate you have on him because on paper, he is celebrated all over the place. And what do you think about him? And why do Native Americans really hate him? Because I, uh, in Indian education, I haven't been taught about it much. Just the fact that Christopher Columbus was a great voyager and he discovered this island. Uh, I like the point of view pull up there. Um, so uh, Christopher Columbus is is you know, widely celebrated in America, you know, his holiday, he's, he's known as this man who, who, you know, discovered the Americas, who, who sailed around the ocean blue, you know, landed in, in the Caribbeans and said, hey, look, it's the Indias, it's, it's the Indies. And uh, this, this person who, you know, helped create America, essentially, in, in discovering a new land. Now, there's also the, the, the controversy behind him, the, the, that, you know, he wasn't likely the, the first European to cross the Atlantic Ocean. You know, Lee Erikson, the Norse Viking, some people believed he landed in present-day Newfoundland, Canada, you know, 1000 AD. 
like five centuries before Columbus. Um, many, uh, some countries refused to back Columbus's voyage. You know, you went to Spain. Spain's like, okay, we'll we'll fund your voyage. He, Aristotle, you know, uh, he helped discover or helped to discover the earth isn't this flat you know the this flat body of of celestial land it it was it was round many many things you know, christopher columbus was you know he was i believe caught he was cruel he was known to be cruel uh he was arrested for his atrocities and crimes against the people when he was governor of Hispaniola, you know, they, they brought him back to Spain in chains. He, he was found innocent, and many believed to be the reason why was because the king and queen of Spain were on Christopher Columbus's side. Uh, you know, I've read somewhere that Italian uh, immigrants tried to paint Christopher Columbus as this hero because uh, Columbus, uh, I believe, was Italian descendant. Uh, or born in Italy, uh, according to to one one uh, thing I found, it it says that he was an opium addict, you know, opium opioids. He took that. His men were responsible of introducing syphilis to Europe. Uh, his he allowed for for worse people to to come to the Americas, explorers that that killed Native Americans or uh, what led to America being formed and Native Americans being pushed out of what's essentially their land. You see how, how you know, depending on who you ask, what you look for and what you research, you have different opinions, you know, an Indian opinion and uh, an American opinion and a Native American opinion. It, it's, I, I guess it's just a product of time where uh, Christopher Columbus uh, might have been celebrated uh, by a lot of countries uh, because of uh, how he founded America and uh, you know he uh, essentially he was the one who planted the seeds for that a country that would uh, you know essentially influence the world politics in such a huge way uh, at the same time uh, you know uh, people often question that uh, he was just an imperialist right uh, he uh, called people that were native to the America savages and uh, people lacking manners. Uh, but in a way, you know, we have been called that as uh, Southeast Asians. And I don't think that uh, we don't have culture. It's just that uh, there aren't enough Native Americans anymore that uh, could attest to that fact that we weren't savages. We weren't uncultured uh, people. And uh, the, the whole... Uh, you know, invasion and uh, the whole killing and uh, murdering uh, Native Americans for essentially owning land. And a lot of times it was not even intended or on purpose. Uh, they might have just brought a lot of viruses or a lot of diseases that uh, the Native Americans uh, simply were not exposed to. And at this time in life, we have enough understanding of microbes and bacteria to know that if if a person is you know if a person is living in uninhabited environments or a person is closed off from the rest of the world that person might be susceptible to uh, more than just violence 
right so i think it's also a matter of perspective yeah i i agree to that it's a matter of uh, perspectivity you know you ask a native american and you ask uh, an american who's sympathetic towards columbus and you ask an american who who doesn't like columbus and you hear you know conflicting stories you hear uh, some say he was good good some say he was bad you know you ask a southeast asian what they believe about you know american politics and christopher columbus and the british landing in america and they they have uh, not all but some have the the same opinions history books tell them it's indifferent to them and i understand why it's it doesn't affect them personally and so it's not a very interesting topic for some they would rather read about the british raj and its effects on modern day india than they would christopher columbus on the effects of you know the entire world uh so i do agree that uh other people have separate opinions from me and many i would assume who are listening to this also have different opinions than me and i'm okay with that because i can be wrong and you can be right and i can be right and you can be wrong in certain areas uh what i see or none is, of us can be right and it can just be you know uh, a matter of opinion uh, yeah because our opinions cannot change the course of history right yeah uh, exactly. it's already been set mm-hmm. in stone yep it's already been pen and penciled into a into a rock somewhere in the in the arizona desert so we can't hunt for it and try changing it with what we believe is is right or wrong what we believe isn't what's you know solely written down on the book some sometime in 1492 yeah so uh, sami uh, do you have any uh, icons or historical uh, people that uh, that belong to the subcontinent who uh, might have a similar uh, you know complicated uh, history uh, of their life yeah i believe that one of the most misunderstood historical figure in indian history is aurangzeb who was uh, the last strongest mughal leader of india and i think that he suffers the most from the present day biases in india and uh, that basically stems from the fact uh, that uh, british fostered their portrayal of aurangzeb as a very cartoonish bigot to justify their rule as more civilized in the subcontinent uh, so there's this direct comparison that people do uh, in aurangzeb's rule and in the british rule because they were the immediate successors if i put it in that way and the from that comparison and from the portrayal that the british have done throughout the history about aurangzeb uh, bring brings out a very uh, basic opinion and a very uh, you know very generalized opinion of people uh, all over the subcontinent that uh, aurangzeb was a communal maniac which is uh, which is definitely not true looking at the economic performances of the subcontinent during those times uh, all over all over the world in fact uh, india was the biggest economy then and it had 25% Uh, it contributed with 25% of gdp in the entire world's gdp so looking at these things we can uh, conclude that uh, aurangzeb had great economic policies then and apart from that uh, looking at aurangzeb's personal life too 
uh, Sufis then used to call him a living saint because he used to lead this such simple life and he really did not uh, squander a lot of money on building thrones or on building monuments. Therefore, yeah, you, you can say that as a king, uh, he in a way fulfilled all the expectations that a leader should and that also satisfies the condition of being expansionist expansionist uh, a ruler or a successor is always expected to have expansionist policies which aurangzeb had too that, and this nature of his is quite misunderstood if we look into today's world because because of this expansionist policy uh, he also had a lot of enemies all over the subcontinent and if you look into those battles that he had with other hindu rulers basically are uh, you know looked at with a very communal or a very religious lens which in fact were driven very politically then uh, yeah and uh, you know it was again it was a product of time right uh, i mean if if we are talking good things about aurangzeb it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, we we are uh, you know talking ill about people who fought against uh, the, against him right uh, yeah, yeah essentially aurangzeb was handed a bad hand uh, he was given a failing mughal empire that was it was suffering from years of ineptitude and too much love for art and uh, you know a lot of times uh, people like the marathas or people like the rajputs who uh, rose up against uh, the mughal uh, you know rule was primarily because of self rule or swarajya as uh, people in india describe it and that's not a bad thing to have uh, that's not a bad uh, you know opinion to have but that does not necessarily make aurangzeb a bad person either they uh, both have their justified uh, things to say and they ha- they both have their right to uh, you know rule uh, as long as uh, someone comes on top yeah right? ba- basically when i eulogize aurangzeb as a very secular person saying that if you study his uh, the history of his time meticulously you will learn that he had many hindu bureaucrats in fact he had appointed more hindus than any other mughal okay and when i say this uh, i do not mean that the other hindu rulers weren't secular enough because in fact chhatrapati shivaji maharaj had appointed a number of muslim uh, leaders in his uh, you know in his court and therefore when i say that aurangzeb is was quite a secular ruler that does not mean that uh, you know i am implying that the rulers he fought weren't secular enough because Uh, that would be like saying ki if hitler was fighting against stalin and winston churchill that does not mean that uh, they were angels of course they weren't yeah they are everyone's a complex personality and again i mean it's a product of uh, time uh, i'm sorry if i'm getting too much uh, like a broken tape recorder but uh, you know it's it is how it is uh, if if you look at aurangzeb's life uh, a lot of people uh, that actually uh, you know write about his uh, personal life or history uh, often fail to convey the message that uh, history need not be about protagonists and antagonists it can be uh, just about people that uh, you know are making good of whatever uh, hand uh, it's been dealt to them since birth yeah he was he was 
essentially uh, a person with time and uh, you know environmental, cultural, and physical area. He he ruled a a Muslim kingdom in Southeast Asia during a time when the ideas that we have currently weren't the same ideas that they had. You can you can say that what we have to look in the background of what they were trying to do, why they did certain things. Architecture was a big thing he did. And by saying, let's focus on architecture, not not the bad. No, let's focus on both. Very good. You know, he created architectural masterpieces. He helped in, uh, as you said, economy, uh, textiles. You know, he helped to try to, to bring a crumbling empire back from its knees to standing up on crutches. You know, he was trying to be the brace to a broken leg. I the, the point of the British coming in and trying to, as you said, I believe, changing history on, on the viewpoint of him, you have to you have to realize why they did that. You know, the British were weren't these just came in guns blazing, taking over parts of India and Pakistan, you know. Oh look, Karachi, let me take that. No. For conquerors, they were very tactical, smart. They used skills that they knew how to. It's it's the gossip way, going up to to a bunch of Sikhs and saying, "Oh look, look at what the Hindus and Muslims are doing." Going up to Hindus, "Oh look, the Sikhs and the Muslims are calling you bad names." Going up to the Muslims and saying, "You look, look, the Hindus and the Sikhs are trying to you know rebel against your country. They're they're you know doing this and that." And and by slightly changing ideas of people, they were able to substantially take over an entire subcontinent. That might not go into people's brains. That is impressive. An entire separate groups of people under one empire at that time is impressive. Think of think of having every religion under one rule from a person that's not even from that country. Imagine subcontinent of India with Jews, Christians, Buddhists, Sikhs, Muslims, you know, Zoroastrians under someone who isn't even from India, who isn't even from Pakistan or Bangladesh. So uh, the adding to the fact that, you know, to manipulate history or to to look at somebody with the biased way, it isn't it isn't always correct. Uh, so I would suggest people who want to do research not rely on one piece of information. Look at you know pieces of information from that time, before the time, after the time, from people who who aren't native to that land, from people who are native, to from scientists, historians, journalists. And look throughout, not rely on one piece of information, you know, somebody on, on as a joke, somebody on WhatsApp or Facebook posted as a picture, oh, look, they did this. So, yeah, you know, that reminds me of uh, the, uh, some, uh, some days ago, I was reading about Winston Churchill and the opinions he had about Indians then. And as such, uh, you know, you, you can uh, anywhere find the racist opinions that he had about India. 
and that again brings me to the argument that uh, we have demonized hitler to a great extent and which in some ways yes is justified of course because he was trying to wipe out an entire population but on the other other side it does not bring uh, winston churchill or stalin on the higher ground they were equally bad yeah i mean i couldn't agree more uh, you know uh, as they say history is written by winners and uh, that that could not be more true uh, in case of uh, world war 2 right uh, so the allied powers as they as soon as they won they uh, you know they actively tried to uh, you know censor and conceal the things that they actually used to win uh, you know to cloud the would, judgment of yeah. uh, their people right uh i agree with your point that uh you know we shouldn't we shouldn't only see one person as bad we should see that war isn't some you know superman versus you know evil evil criminal type of movie we know definitely for sure one side is better than the other this is war this is you know there's there's you can do many things under under justification war so when when talking about it, and it's a sensitive topic it's it's a very sensitive topic so we have to go cautiously through this tunnel of sensitivity to 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 come up with answers so what i wanted to to say is we all agree by far hitler was not a good person we all agree uh what what is being said is we should also look to see that Joseph Stalin was was also this you know he he murdered millions of people Joseph Stalin Ends murdered of millions, millions of people millions of people yeah. yeah and by 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 saying that you know because he was in the allied powers it's okay it's okay it's it's just a conflict of war by saying only one person is bad and by far we know Hitler takes that pedestal for being bad but but there's also a second and third place in every pedestal and we have to we have to see we have to criticize you know the the war crimes on on the allied side the war crimes on the soviet side the war crimes on the on the fascist nazi side and and what what i try to clear up is without a doubt hitler was bad but that does not excuse joseph stalin mao zedong the the killing of of prisoners the using of prisoners the the on on all sides is what i'm trying to clear up yep yeah i mean uh, i i couldn't agree more uh, as i uh, also previously we alluded to uh, just because we are praising uh, aurangzeb doesn't mean that uh, the people who fought him were bad in the same way uh, just by criticizing people who fought hitler it's not that uh, hitler was was a good person i'm not uh, you know we are not calling that into question uh, it's just uh, again putting things into perspective tens of millions uh, more than uh, you know four times what uh, hitler killed uh, were ki- uh, killed in gulags uh, by joseph stalin right uh, and uh, we, we should not even get into uh, us and the atomic bomb and uh, the decades and even centuries worth of traces that uh, the nuclear bombs have left uh, in japan right uh, the uh, the amount of harm that it has done uh, especially with uh, winston churchill too right uh, i believe that uk especially is subject to so much uh, you know censoring uh, 
and uh, you know uh, so much ideological propaganda in their uh, history textbooks that i i find it baffling that most of the people uh, in uk uh, actually blame uh, winston churchill sir winston churchill uh, they accuse him for tony pandy riots that was uh, the welsh uh, miners uh, riots that were uh, you know bustling across uh, in the uk and he was trying very militantly to keep that kingdom united with uh, especially the irish people also springing up for independence and uh, you know the soviet movement in the uh, uk uh, but again as an indian i could only uh, tell you my perspective and sir winston churchill sorry for my language but was an absolute asshole when it came to india right uh, he uh he deployed a, a policy called as scorched earth with uh, which i think tabish you might know uh w- was uh, you know a war tactic essentially as uh, the war raged on of uh, world war 2 uh, and uh, the japanese troops were closing in on india from the eastern front uh, they they were uh, on footsteps of india they were in the uh, burma yeah burma yeah so they were in burma and uh, you know uh, the british got shit scared of it uh, they they started setting uh, fire to all the fields and the crops that were uh, uh, you know that were there in uh, bengal region you know the the region that comprises of west bengal uh, that is in india today and also of course uh, bangladesh right uh, that is an extremely fertile region and uh, they started setting uh, wheat and rice crops that uh, the local people uh, were actually dependent on their livelihoods for and uh, you know it, it mm-hmm. actually did not affect uk or sir winston churchill that much but it uh, caused you know un- unbelievable millions human upon millions upon millions of millions of deaths you know children women adults we cannot deny that that india and pakistan and bangladesh and burma played an extremely important role for the british empire when it comes to being you know an attorney or or a lawyer you have to you have to you know even if you do not agree with the person's opinion you still have to help them correct in in a court of law you even if the person you are defending you personally do not like their ideas you still have to defend them so i'll i'll go on the the you know the defense for winston churchill not on the burma not on the 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 scorched policy but but on the on the uh, point of militarism on the point of trying to keep the empire alive and and on on his defense and i'm not defending entirely every action winston churchill did that that is not what i am defending um in what i believe the view of winston churchill uh for that is it was practically important at this time at this moment in history for the empire to stay united and and we cannot it can be filled with opinions we cannot disagree but what i hopefully we can agree on is during a war britain heavily relied on its empire from egypt to india from from australia to canada from ireland uh irish battalions to scottish battalions to indian sikh soldiers to to anzac troops what winston churchill feared in my opinion one of the most 
things he feared is the empire crumbling at that point in time because it, it would have been not even describable how immensely harsh that would have been on the UK at that time in war. So going on the defense side for Winston Churchill, he shouldn't have done what he did with cracking down militaristically on, on people who didn't go with him. But at the time, at the situation, for the cause of why doing this to him was more important than being caught and being, I assume, being put in jail for, for what would have been crimes uh, at that point against humanity. And, and so by, by another warning here, again, I'm not trying to defend Winston Churchill for, for everything he did. I'm also not trying to say Winston Churchill was this evil satanic person. Not at all. Humans are complex. And he was the prime minister of an empire that, that stretched so far that it could be morning in one part of the empire and night in another. Just to, just to make that clear. I'm just saying historically at that time. A nice point because that was essentially his job description to keep the empire alive uh, and unbroken. But again, I mean, uh, the things that, uh, you know, uh, led me to this research is it's just, uh, you know, astonishing and outrageous uh, in my opinion. So, uh, and just let me remind you, uh, Indians and uh, means, uh, you know, the whole uh, subcontinent was very essential for uh, Winston Churchill, as Tabish mentioned. It is also debated that uh, the casualty of war, uh, it, it's never, uh, you know, openly said, but uh, the people in the subcontinent were the uh, people that were killed the most, uh, in especially in the World War II. And, uh, you know, there's, there's this amazing book uh, by this historian called as Madhushri Mukherjee, uh, she has written a book called as uh, Churchill's Secret War. Uh, if if you guys have time, you should uh, you know look into it. It's an amazing uh, read, and you know I I just went through that. Uh, I I just went through a synopsis of that book, and apart from the scorched earth, uh, what happened uh, was uh, he denied uh, people from using boats in uh, Bengal region, uh, fearing that the Japanese uh, who have of course their naval supremacy. Uh, might uh, you know try to challenge that way so he in on one way he uh, destroyed all the crops on the other way he took uh, fishing away from uh, the people and you know the all the grains that had been stockpiled uh, by uh, the bengal government uh, they, they the figures of uh, how how much grain they had were distorted on purpose Right, so that uh, they could uh, get all those grains out of the country and to the U United Kingdom. Right, uh, it it is said that 18.5 million tons of food grain was uh, transported from India to uh, the UK uh, amidst the wars at the at a time when Bengal was hit with a deadly cyclone. You know, uh, all the crops died. Uh, it, it also had a fungal infestation which rendered, uh, you know, problems, uh, crop problems for a couple of years at least. And all they needed was 1 million ton of uh, food grains to survive through this famine. And, uh, you know, Churchill denied that. 
just to put things into perspective, uh, the 18.5 million tons of grain was transported to 14 million less people. And he denied 18.5 million and they only needed 1 million to, uh, you know, survive that, uh, uh, that famine. And it ended up killing 4 million people. I mean, at some point, again, with uh, this coronavirus numbers and stuff like this, you can say that uh, it's just a statistic. It's just a number on paper. But when you see the images that were actually prohibited by the British government to ever being spread, uh, you can see how outrageous these acts were. And when, when you know, asked about it, you know, Winston Churchill was very, uh, you know, he was very unfazed by uh, the struggles that these guys were going through. Uh, Canada, uh, America, Australia all offered to help Churchill, fearing that he might lose one of his colonies as uh, the people might see a savior in someone else and accept them, uh, denied all the help uh, that uh, he was getting. And uh, what what he uh, said was the starvation of anyhow underfed Bengalis is less serious than sturdy Greeks. And uh, he also said that famine or no famine, Indians will breed like rabbits. So this is the kind of bigotry that we are dealing with. I mean, I, I fail to understand how is this guy better in any way than Hitler. If Hitler had won the war, we would have been worshipping him. He just happened to be uh, in the correct side of the war and that's the only reason why we worship him. That's that's my opinion. I mean, Yeah, and you know, just to put things into perspective, I had attended this session by William Darimple uh, and Shashi Tharoor. And in that session, William Darimple had even mentioned when there was a question asked on reparations, if Britain owes India any reparations, he had told, uh, he, you know, answered it with the, uh, gesture that before even owing owing reparations, uh, British need to understand that they have done something wrong to the entire subcontinent uh, there because he was uh, mentioning that his children attend British schools and there's this just one line mentioned about Indian colonies uh, in their textbooks. It's, it's just mentioned that yes, Britain had their colonies in the Indian subcontinent. And nothing else is mentioned about the slavery or the exploitation that they had done here. And therefore, their entire education system is uh, designed in such a way that they, they, are, they are not even apologetic about, uh, you know, exploitation that they had, uh, you know, inflicted upon us. Yeah, and what? That, that leads me to the question, uh, what is the worth of a life really? I mean, uh, should we consider Hitler as a more evil person uh, because he killed 6 million Jews as compared to Winston Churchill who killed 4 million Bengalis just because they were Westerners and uh, just because their life is uh, more valuable or uh, for instance, Stalin who killed 20 million Russians or uh, the people in that region, in the USSR region, uh, are their lives uh, one-fifth of the uh, worth, one-fifth of the lives that are, uh, that were there in the Jewish people? Again, I mean, I'm not taking away from the concentration camps. I'm just saying that if we are to criticize Hitler, we have to look at Winston Churchill, at Joseph Stalin in the same light. We, we look at Joseph Stalin in America, you know, 
during the war, he was this, he was this, you know, savior of Russia. He, he eliminated Adolf Hitler and the Nazis uh, with the help of America and Great Britain and France. What, what we realize is that it's this ironic, in my opinion, ironic thing that we look at Joseph Stalin as being a major in the Allies, and then boom, 1949 or uh, 1946 rolls in. Joseph Stalin is the the new Satan of the world. You know, uh, we we realize that he killed like 20 million people, 40 million people, and so Mer- apparent uh, like immediately he's he's considered and and yes he was still considered bad during world war ii but we see this emphasis on communism bad you know capitalism good during the cold war and and we see this shift in in thought of communism uh this this kind of attitude shift of they were friends to now they're complete enemies of 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 freedom and so to to add what to uh to what you're saying a human life no matter how many, who, how, when, where, if it's ended, that is horrible. We, we can all agree. A human life should not be taken. There's no justifiability, in my opinion, to take the human life away from a civilian, a child, a mother, a father, for, for, for anyone, for anywhere. And so when we look at we look at Joseph Stalin, Winston Churchill, Adolf Hitler, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, you know, uh, all these people, we have to realize. I I agree with you. We we shouldn't say Winston Her- Churchill is this angel, this great man. You know, uh, he won the war. That means he's great. No, what we have to see is the the uh, a big thing to me is the cause. Why they did it? How did they do it? Uh, what was the reason they did it? Was what was the impact they did? Of course, the killing of forty million to six million to twenty million; those numbers aren't equivalent. the The thing is, it's tricky to talk about this. Uh, it, it's a very slippery slope on on opinion, right? My my thing is, uh, we all agree, Adolf Hitler was massively bad. Not only the six million people he he killed systematically, he murdered very many people, like a lot. Germany's population suffered tremendously because of him. France, the Soviet Union, uh, you know, uh, it's it's said that the Russian population probably won't ever, you know, be at at that height as it was during the Soviet Union. And so, what what I want to to say is what Winston Churchill did, what Stalin did, was immensely evil. They're all, in, in the way of, of, of killing people, they're all bad. The big thing we have to realize is all of them did things really bad. You know, the, 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 the Burma, the, the gulags, the, the silencing of, of opinions. A big thing of opinion is... Hitler started the war. He's responsible for all of this technically. He, I believe he should be blamed for part. Winston Churchill should be blamed for what he did. He did that. But as well, we should blame the person who started the war, the person who invaded Poland in 1939 to, to start this bloody, bloody, bloody conflict 
because of him, the actions of what happened happened. And so we should put the blame on, on Joseph Stalin, on Winston Churchill. But we should also, also not forget who started this war, who, who technically is responsible for many of the atrocities that happened because of the war. It's, it's a very complicated situation. It's not something easy to answer. It's, it's something that will always have negative opinions, no matter how you try saying it or how you do say it or, or when you say it. Yeah, and that's perfectly put, I guess. I, I, I couldn't imagine putting it in a better way. And uh, of course, war is such an evolutionary defect that this human species has. And I don't think that we can, uh, you know, overcome it in near future. Yeah, so, uh, you know, as, as closing, I would... Uh, say that you know just because we have discussed about uh, Churchill or Stalin at lens again doesn't vilify uh, Tabish's point uh, or it doesn't negate it that Hitler was essentially a bad person right uh, but we have to look at do the means justify the cause and yeah the war is awful and uh, it, it takes out the inhuman in a lot of people uh, do do I think that uh, Churchill or uh, Stalin would have done the same thing on that on the same magnitude if it wasn't for the war? No, uh, they wouldn't have done it. Of course, uh, they they would have also liked uh, their colonies to prosper and stay their colonies in, instead of you know actually uh, demanding independence, which actually happened. Uh, because of the famine in Bengal, it was such a huge table turner that uh, people got riled up so much and uh, that was the start of the fall of the British Empire. And uh, I, I think that uh, means do not justify the cause. Winston Churchill, uh, Stalin and uh, you know uh, Roosevelt have all done atrocities and committed atrocious crimes and this podcast uh, could serve as an informative, uh, you know, piece of people who have been fed lies or propaganda by their own country's history textbooks. Uh, I am not saying that you should turn on Winston Churchill or you should turn on UK or you should turn on your own nation. I'm just saying that we should learn from this uh, in a way that, uh, you know, we should understand what a human life means. And uh, just because... Uh, Schindler's list covered uh, Hitler's atrocities and there is no more uh, than a minor news article about a a, a Welsh mining accident about Winston Churchill uh, uh, doesn't mean that he was an innately good person. We have to keep questioning and we have to, you know, uh, learn from the mistakes that our forefathers have committed. Uh, That's that's evolution. If uh, the very fact that we are, you know, uh, talking about it, uh, like it's it's the exemplification of that fact. I agree, and I would like to to add something to what you said. Always use multiple sources. Do not rely on one source for all information. Always, always, always try finding, if you can, unbiased sources. If you cannot, factual sources, because history is as as Agash said is written by the victors but not all the time and we see this with the confederates the the states rights movements the the 
idolizing of Confederate statues. And so what, what I want to emphasize in this podcast episode is that we are telling you what other people believe of the people you believed in. We might not personally be correct. We have our own biases as people. We have our own thoughts, our own opinions, our own ideas. But that does not take away from the meaningful message is that you should always check. You should not base what you think of a person based on only opinion. That can be a driving factor to research, to study, to, to sit down, to talk, to go to a library, to a museum, to a, an art gallery, to check out the, the art from history. History is not only written in paper, pencil, notebooks, school textbooks, what your teacher says, what your teacher draws on the board. Go to an art museum, go to a history museum, go look at pictures, go look at uh, articles, go look at journals from, from soldiers and people themselves, go look at anyone from that era. And, and you can see history through it. So, so what I want to emphasize, and again, this is what I want to emphasize personally, do not rely on one source of information for everything. Yeah, and that, that's the, I don't think that I can add much to what Tabish has said about uh, the sources of history and the ways one can draw conclusions about different perspective on history. Ultimately, history is abstract and in a lot of ways it's also a result of multiple perspectives history is the only way we can avoid committing mistakes and we can prosper as a society and i think uh, with this note it, it's the perfect way to end this episode i guess yeah i mean uh, the one takeaway this does not have a conclusion because uh, like life, uh, history is often complicated. So the one conclusion that I would like to take away from this is always question and uh, always keep questioning. And on that note, uh, it's been a delight having you, Tabish. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for joining our podcast. Uh, no problem. This was this was an excellent, excellent podcast. I really liked it. I enjoyed talking to you guys. I'll enjoy listening to this. I'll, you know, uh, you've, you've brought insight that I personally didn't have before doing, uh, talking on this podcast. So my, my insight on, on history, especially from, uh, the perspective of other people has, has grown. Uh, I would, uh, I would assume your perspective on American history and history in general from me has, has greatly increased, you know, and I'm delighted, I'm delighted on being in this podcast. I will genuinely recommend this podcast and I would genuinely come back if you ever need me as a guest. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, again, I mean, I, I also learned a lot from you, Tabish uh, and Sammy. Uh, so yeah, on that note, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, yes. it's, it's been fun. So let's say bye in unison. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye guys. All right. Bye. Bye.